Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owl are. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome Yo. Friday, it's time for the Wolf and Owl bonus episode Bonus episode Yo. We've been told by JT they're not doing as well as the main ones But we're gonna keep doing them anyway they're definitely not doing well. JT said it's because people don't know yet. Why would you not know oh, if you're you know on what? the podcast? I think as well as you've got to be more on sending the videos across to JT because he's you're you're sending them like. Do you know what I was wait? I was waiting for this. Okay, the the video takes half an hour to upload. Sometimes I I literally have to leave for work. You know what it could be though? Is that could be a little job for Lisa or Theo. Right, so Theo, I'm, not, I'm not getting. Listen, I'm not getting my. He's got he, he, his his belief in his father's job. Um, if you get Theo is, to take is, your laptop, he's rock to school, bottom, is it? Yeah, and then he could do it from okay. there. Okay, mm. because he doesn't have a laptop. Because what I'm not JT's probably about the nicest person I've ever met. Right? He's a very sweet man. What I do in our little group that we've got, I notice that he's getting more and more grieved with the fact that the videos are taking their time to come over. There's only one person that's getting aggrieved by that, Tom, and that's you. Bearing in mind that your involvement in this podcast is to wait for a Zoom link to be sent to you and then make me wait 15 minutes while you boot up the laptop for the first time of the week. Bearing in mind that's what your requirement is on this podcast. You are pretty fucking high maintenance in terms of your demands. <laughs> I like the Kim Kardashian of podcasts. Yeah, you really are. I want it all. Um... Right, should we do some emails? Oh, just quickly, you know, that's something I found that was really, really cool the other day. You know when you meet someone who's got a bit of a bit about them, right? Yeah. I met a guy the other day uh, for a friend. He only calls people by the initial their initials. What? So he straight away, like within 10 minutes of meeting, meeting him, he's calling me TD. Mm. Right, and then like, with other, you know, he's like, oh, DR or whatever. It's fuck it. it was a pretty amazing thing that he did. Mm-hmm. Like, is that the end of the story? No, no, no. But I just thought actually, something I might try and do and take forward because it's actually a pretty cool thing. Especially, I love it when someone's got like a little flex like that, saying a bit different. Well, uh, Cl Clara Ampha, you know Clara Ampha. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. Clara. Ampha. Yeah, she's great. She calls me R squared. Oh wow! Yeah, wow, it's quite cool. That's actually probably the co coolest. That would be a cool rap name for you. Mm. Oh, you've got a new rap coming out. When's that coming out? First of all, can you not say you've got a new rap coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like you're my nana. <laughs> I I I I've guessed Rubbish it on a chair. New raps coming out. Yeah, he's got he's, he's got a rap. He's done a little rap. Rubbish done a little rap. rap with a colour of his pearls. He's coming out. This <laughs> when is it coming out, boy? For Christmas now, isn't it? <laughs> what you going for the Christmas now, my one rock boy? Um, uh, I've done a shit rap on a tune with two actual decent rappers, Doc Brown and Verb Two. Doc Brown's incredible, right? Yeah, Doc Brown. And actually, I've not seen Doc for a while, and you know, it's one of those where you're reminded of what a decent bloke somebody oh, is. One of like, the best people in that business, genuinely. Oh, one fucking of the love people. that kid. Do you know the other thing about him is he gives the impression because he's so cool, like he's just general. Because you know, he's sort of very understated and just sort of. He knows himself. He's, I would say he's the almost direct opposite of us in terms of yeah. he's comfortable in his own skin. And he might not be in reality, but he certainly does a fucking great job in c conveying that impression. Um, you sort of think he's not going to have a lot of time for you, but what a fucking Mate, top bloke, I, man. I love that dude. I've known for a long, like, since we all sort of started out, and he's one of my favourite people. And just such a nut, just a decent bloke and, and fucking so talented, man. So yeah, talented. So talented. Like, you actually he's so talented you want to sort of hate him but you can't you can't because he's, he's such a nice guy, guy. but he's, he's an amazing oh my god this is pathetic have we become is this a bit has this got on a bit tragic is it uh, uh, I, think I think the tragedy such a, started such with me saying a, such a nice guy I think with me such going such a nice I've got a new rap and then it sort of slowly nosed off from there so well, hold up so you have you got what have you got a couple of like verses you're doing or are you doing like the chorus no it's like a no I'm doing a verse on it what I would say is that I'm not just saying this to be self-deprecating. Easily the worst verse on the tune, but I just thought it'd be funny to it'd be fun. Yeah, thing but to also do. it's probably one of your dreams and fantasies, right? It is actually. I mean, I know you're sort of saying no, that. No, no, not at all. It's like fucking cool for you to do. Yeah, very nice. You've got I mean, to. I actually, I still to this day, right? Because you, you know, you've got a lot of arrows in your um, armor or whatever you call it. In, yeah, for your quiver. bow. Yeah, in your quiver. Yeah, I know quiver has been something else, so it's a bit of a. No, and you're the only one that knows it's been someone else. So well done for being so cool and edgy. I have to try and get something fucking, back after, after the comment that maybe it's the most embarrassing thing I've ever said on this podcast. If you've got a new rap coming out, I'm trying to get a little bit back. I'm trying to pick something back up here. Yeah, no, well done. Um, yeah. Do you know? Do you know Tom? Do you know Tom's got another meaning for the word quiver? <laughs> oh, is he? Fucking hell, he sounds like a cool, edgy, fucking edge lord. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he started wearing sunglasses inside. Um, yeah. If somebody was having a joint to meet the other day and he goes, oh, no, something else that's described as a joint. I won't, I won't tell you. Oh, my God. What a cool dude. What a fucking cool guy. He's like, Do you think he's referring to drugs? I think he might be. <laughs> fucking hell. He's like the old, remember the really cool uh, cat from the 7-Up adverts? Yeah. On a Fido Dino, wasn't it? Um, One of the things I regret as a kid in my class, like uh, a kid in my class, when I was a teacher, I I was doing 3D shapes and I drew a cone on mm. the board and he said, oh, you know what that looks like? And obviously he was like trying to be cool about and I spent the next 10 minutes just going, oh my God, you're so cool. Do you mean it looks like a joint? Oh, well, everyone. Oh, what, you fucking slammed him? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. you roasted one of the kids in your class. Yeah. Wow. I did. Well, look, in, in my defence... He he'd be he was quite difficult. Yeah, that was like that like kid was, though. And actually, what yeah. he was doing is he was trying to sort of like try to fucking. Like, you were the type of kid that would go that. You were a weed smoker at school, were you? And you'd like <laughs> say, and if somebody drew, 
if somebody drew a cone on the thing, you'd go, that reminds me of what I, what I was doing earlier. That's, what you, that's the kind of kid you were, is it? Because right. I'll be honest with you, based on what you've told me, I don't think you could be fucking further from that. No, I was a, I wouldn't have been smoking what I'd have done in that situation. Someone else would have said it and I'd have really laughed and then it probably... Yeah, fine. I, I accept that. That's, I accept you know, that. By the way, actually, I probably should have talked about this on the main episode. We took Grace around her first... Um, to look at a school the other day. Uh, for for yeah. a student, like a nursery in a school. Um, quite quickly, like, I had to put on a smart outfit that Catherine sort of deemed smart enough for me to take, to walk around the, uh, that wasn't sort of my usual, that was a bit more, maybe a bit more beige than my usual attire. Um, yeah. I then, when we arrived, called someone bruv, and she went, you can't call people bruv when you're walking around the school. Uh, you know, I was like, well, well, I'm not calling them sir. And she went, like, but yeah. well, there was a moment where we went into the maths class and we were being shown around by these two, Lovely uh, kids who are just sort of showing around the school, and yeah, the teacher in the math class turned around and said, "Oh, um, I don't even is it like sort of like how to Pythagorasaurus uh, count to a hundred Pythagorasaurus? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what the word was to this day. Pythagorasaurus. <laughs> it's like how do you do? It's like a begins with a P and it's a way of counting to a hundred. I don't know is the honest answer. It's, it, it sounded like you were trying to say Pythagoras, which is yes, nothing to that's do with. It. Yeah, but that's not to do with um, counting to a hundred. Well, well, yeah, no, I don't think. Unless there's some. Look, there might be some new method. She basically said that to me. Pythagoras is a squared plus b squared equals c squared. That's Pythagoras. That everything you just said doesn't mean any sense. So she basically said to me, she said to the kids, "Oh, we've been going through this, right?" And then, and you remember how to do it? And they both said, "Yeah, yeah." And then she said, to, and, and of course, do you know how to do it? I went, I've got no idea what you're talking about. And then she turned to Catherine and said, and you? And Catherine, did, you think you were, did you think you were in the class? No, she sort of just was just sort of like... Was involving you. Yeah. Yeah. And then sort of Catherine sort of laughed at the fact I didn't know what it was. And then she said, oh, but do you know what it is? And then Catherine went, no, not really. And then we both felt really inadequate. <laughs> I looked to my daughter. Um, can I ask you a question? Point, my daughter's can I ask you a question? question? How old's Grace? She's just coming up to two. She's coming up to two, and you were looking around somewhere, and they were teaching Pythagorasaurus. No, no, no. So it's it's a nursery that goes becomes a school. Oh, okay. Fine, so fine, so fine. basically, we went to look at the nursery and then got a tour of the whole school. If I'm honest with you, right. it was what we thought was going to be half an hour turned into two and a half hours. Okay. Um, well, that's good. I mean, it's nice that the school was willing to spend so much time with you before you go two-footed in, and I'm like you did on Mervyn Stutter last week. Oh, by the but, way, um, I got quite a few messages actually saying, actually, yeah, I'm, Mervyn... not, I'm not actually, I'm not actually surprised. No, but quite a lot of people saying that actually he's not. If you spend quite a lot of time with him, he's not as lovely as you were. Sort of like, leaders. oh, fucking here we fucking. Go. No, one guy shared a his message me this morning said I shared a dressing room with him, and actually he was like he likes everything just so. So you weren't, yeah, he, you couldn't touch his stuff in his dressing room. You weren't allowed to, like... Oh, he sounds like a real... <laughs> so he, he didn't want people touching stuff in his dress. Oh, my God, what a fucking prick. No, I'm but... Surprised last, I'm surprised Panorama wasn't about him. <laughs> no, you weren't allowed to leave, like, your stuff on the shelves or on the floor or whatever. He was quite a, he was a clean freak. But they, they also said he had quite a sweet side to him, but he just liked things just so. Right, OK. He, Maybe lead with that. Yeah, when you're describing a man that you don't know, who's basically trying to support up and coming comedians. Have you heard from him at all since this? No, I mean, I imagine he's fucking holed up somewhere, just <laughs> trying to deal with a hate campaign that you fucking. I don't, I don't, I don't hate Marvin Stutter, right? No, but you hate him enough to not pronounce his name correctly. It's Mervin Stutter. 
Right. I don't dislike I don't even know the man. No, you don't. Right? But it didn't stop you from fucking absolutely giving him a shoe in of his life on the podcast last week. <laughs> no, I, I maintain what I said I believe in, right? I'm not going to go back on that because that's not the person I no. am. Right? No, you would only do that about air fryers. But anyway, go on. <laughs> you wouldn't do it for an actual human being no, who's, who's still a living, working performer. I'd love to sit and have a pint with him and just share war stories and jokes about you, right? And at the end of it, just basically just go, actually, you know what, Murph, you're all right, mate. You're all right, you're sound. Yeah, you are what you are, I get it, but you're all right. So if I've got that chance, I might go to Edinburgh and see him. Like, just turn up and sort of go to one of his shows. I'm sure he'll be laying out the red carpet for you, Tom. Oh, God, (laughs) I, I imagine he'll be getting nervous about the performance you turn up to. Where's he before? Oh, do you know you know who's coming in today? Who? Some guy that doesn't know you but absolutely fucking leathered you on his podcast. Oh gosh. <laughs> Let's bring out the snacks. I'm gonna let him touch whatever he likes in my dressing room. Where does he perform day to day, like week to week? Or is he just a Where does friend? he perform? Where I've got he... no idea. I, I've no I'd no awareness of him outside of the French. Should I just Google him now and say see yeah, Mer- why don't you? Mervyn yeah. started before? He might have mentioned it. Maybe look up news. Mervyn Stutter performances. Oh, yeah. So you see... Oh, there you go. He's, actually, he's got his own website. Oh. I mean, yeah, he did an interview in 2000, this year. I mean, to be okay. fair, I feel really I bad now because he's, he's actually... I imagine, he's got, I imagine he's going to be doing another one soon. He's gone toe-to-toe with the landlords at Edinburgh and actually I agree with what well, he's saying. Well, like sort of that, that sounds like the sort of thing you'd get on board with, really. No, no, actually, just there, I'm just like thinking, oh, man... Look at this. Let's see. Let's see. Let's have a read about this show that so offended you. So this is the Edinburgh show that I appeared at that made you say that he's an absolute prick. I it's didn't like say the Royal that. Variety. That's kind of what you implied. It's the Royal Variety Show of the Fringe. Mervyn and his team carefully research the Fringe and bring you live extracts from seven top shows in a packed ninety-minute lunchtime extravaganza. Every day there's a different selection. Pick the ones you like and then go and see them. Simple, brilliant. There's comedy, theatre, cabaret music, dance, circus, and the indefinable. Daily lineups at Mervyn's spot. What a fucking prick this guy is. So him and his team are going around picking shows that might need a little bit of a spotlight on them and encouraging people to go see. What a fucking arse. Do you know what? This is exactly the sort of thing that I need, think needs exposing. To- well done. You really are doing a public service. Congrats, man. I can't see that he's performing. Like do you feel like your soul's a little bit cleaner as a result of... If I'm honest with you, I'm looking at him. He, he, I'm Googling him. I'm having a look at him. You know, in his pink suit. Bless him. Is he all right? Look, I mean, I mean, look, who, he's obviously got a bit I've of... I've seen him, mate. I was... But he doesn't gig outside the fringe at all, right? I don't know. I think he does. He's got a, he's got a website. Yeah, it? but his website's not been done since 2000. Look, if anyone out there knows if Mervyn Stutter is giggling, gig, giggling... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. giggling away at how much he's been insulted on this podcast uh, giggling away yeah. anywhere in like, I don't know sort of south south England where's he from Scotland oh is he Scottish maybe when I'm up yeah. in Scotland I'll pop by and see him I'll get, have a cup of tea I, I, I actually think the most respectful thing to do now would just draw a line under it oh, okay yeah but I feel like okay. now that I have to sort of like go okay you know what maybe I need to fucking you know what I could do is take him to a Toby Carvery that's a great idea and I'm sure he'd love to come can I be honest with you? If 
I had been organising a show which I was sort of doing mainly out of the goodness of my own heart to try and encourage people to go and see lesser-known acts at the Fringe. And then many years later, after having worked tirelessly and actually assembled a team to help me because it's too much work and I'm just nervous about some acts not getting the attention that they deserve. And then years after having done that, a comedian decided out of nowhere to absolutely fucking hammer me on their podcast. I did hammer him. And and you did hammer him. You did hammer him and insinuate, insinuate, infer at least that I was some sort of sex offender or that I was getting something else out of this. Well, you, 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 you sort of implied that there was something else he was getting out of the whole thing. Yeah, I said that he, it, but if, it was never yeah. a sexual thing for Merv. Okay, if if that happened, and then that person got in touch with me and said, would you like to go for a Toby Carvery? I think I know what my response would be. It would either be none, or why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> yeah, but you know that this is the trouble, Ron, is that actually me and him become really good friends. You don't know. That's, mate, you look, mate, go back and look at fucking, I don't know, talented Mr. Ripley or like any sort of film like that, right? You don't know how fucking mm. friendships start. They're not always like mine and yours, which has been like organic and pleasant. Sometimes you, enemies become friends. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. But listen, Mervyn, I would just like to distance myself from all of Tom's comments on the last podcast <laughs> and even now as he apologises to you. Uh, I'm distancing myself. But, well, then, um, I'm, look, if you are listening to this, mate, I'm, you know, maybe I, I stepped out of line. Uh, as always, I'm never, ever, ever big, too big to say I'm sorry. Um, you know, maybe you are the person that you seem to be, and you know, I'd like, yeah, you know, I'd like to show you. I'd like. This is my hand. This is my heart. God bless you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and look, yeah, keep smiling, bro. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, should we do some emails? Yeah, let's do it. Boy. Have you got any idea how long we've been going on this episode so far? No, not at all. No. I think okay, we've actually brilliant. been doing about 25 minutes. Oh, God. Uh, okay. This is from the Mama Tiger. Okay. Uh, hey, Wolf, Al Swan and Cat. I'm having a bit of an issue with my other half, where he's insisting on giving our son a bowl haircut for some reason. Uh, I tried to... <laughs> Why are you laughing? I think it's got a fun stuff. Yeah. I tried to cut it instead of him as much as possible, and we used thinning scissors to give a proper fringe that's tapered. Now my other half keeps cutting it regularly and cutting it completely straight all the way round. It's a total bowl. I genuinely don't understand it, and said he's banned from cutting it, to which he responded massively, saying that he didn't want to be one of those husbands like his dad that's not allowed to do things. I've never said he can't do anything before, which is the only time I've said that. It's only because I can't stand the thought of my son being bullied for this ridiculous haircut he keeps doing. My other half has told me in the past that he used to hate how his dad gave him a bowl haircut and he used to rebel and have it long when he stopped living with him. This makes the situation make even less sense to me. Please help. I don't know how to talk about it and I just don't understand why it's becoming such an issue. I didn't think anyone would want to bring bowls back, so I just wasn't expecting this at all. Thanks and absolutely love the show. I haven't missed the net. Please don't ever stop doing this. Lots of love, Mama Tiger. Tom. Um, I actually can, I had, there's pictures of me, a lot of pictures of me when my mum cut my hair for quite a long time when I was younger and the bowl cut was a sort of her go-to. I mean, it was a little bit, it was the 80s, so it was a little bit more of a thing. I think in the 80s it was a bit more, uh, there was kids in films who had the bowl cut and it was sort of like a bit more of a fucking look. But I had like, up until probably I was about 13 or 14, quite a severe bowl cut, which led to quite a lot of teasing. 
Um, I genu- I can remember very clearly when I went round to my mate's house for a sleepover and he gave me an undercut. Um, do you remember those? Yeah, I do remember those. I used to have one. Yeah. So I got an undercut and I thought I was so cool. And my mum was like, you know, I think it was a big moment. It was like, you know, one years ago, you probably had an episode about it. <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, I remember even, yeah, getting mercer- like, teased and, and picked on for it. I think the fact is with your husband, it, it is a weird thing of, I think, he's probably trying to, like he says, sort of not be the person his father is in a weird sort of way and, and trying to sort of help out and, and do so. I, I do think you've, you have got to be really, really careful when it comes to sort of um, how you tackle that and how you, because there's probably a lot more sort of deeper seated reasons to, to, to why he's doing it or how he's doing it um, on the basis of like he, he like I say, he probably thinks he's helping out. And I think like sometimes, I think sometimes you can feel as a father, sometimes you feel a little bit lost and, and that you're, you're trying to sort of try to be, a, you know, I find it sometimes myself that you're, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out of work or I'm away and, and that you want to sort of hold on to sort of like being around and being a big part of your kid's life and, and making sure you're, you're, you're pulling your weight and whether he thinks that that's in, in cutting his son's hair, that's what he's doing. Um, it's, it's, it's a really strange dynamic that, that he, that he complains about his dad giving them that haircut. But actually, you know, I'm not, you know, it's always, we're, we're, we're not therapists, we're not being trained. But if you were to look into that, there is probably a deeper seated reason into, into why he's doing that with your son in the basis that it's probably a weird, not weird, but it's probably like a, it's probably like a reflection of, of, of like going back and him going back and sort of like almost feeling the closest to his father through doing that, I guess. Uh, and he doesn't even know that. So, yeah, uh, I literally think that I've just garbled on. There's no real fucking idea of what I'm saying there. But, yeah, I think it's probably just well, actually you've, having you've a good under, chat. You've, under, you've undermined yourself there. You've, you, it's a good bit of advice. I actually I actually agree with you. I, I feel like um, there's more to this. I mean, I think the the key to this is the, the dad giving him a bowl haircut. And I think that there is something going on here. I mean, it's possible he doesn't realise that he's given a bowl haircut and he thinks that, you know, in his mind, his dad used to give him a horrible haircut and he's trying to do, he's trying to make that right by cutting his son's hair. But I feel like, based on your email, that this has become a hot... In in relationships, and I'm not an expert on relationships, by the way, um, just last night I completely misread a situation with Lisa and caused a problem and it turned out it was entirely my fault. I mean, I won't go into the details of it, but suffice to say... Uh, it's another one of Romy's mistakes. But what I would say is, is that this has become one of those things in a relationship, which is like a hot topic. And it's like where this shouldn't become as heated as it has done, but it has done because you both feel so strongly about it. And from, you know, I do agree with what Tom's saying. It's, it's, there's some other things going on there for your, for your other half. And so, um, I think, uh, you need to have like you need to have a calm chat about this and just say look i'm just a bit concerned about the haircut and see what he says and and maybe say what you've said to us which is you know do you think this has anything to do with your dad i'm not saying therapize your your other half but just try and do what you can to in a cool and calm way without escalating get to a point where you try and get to the bottom of why this is happening the way it's happening because I do totally agree with Tom that there's something else going on here. And and, and this haircut thing, as things do for, for us, 
you know, when they have like a link to our past has become like a, a trigger or it's, you know, it's, it's got something more going on with it. So, um, you know, what, what's happened here is I've taken over from Tom because he felt like he was garbling and I've decided to add some more garble to that. And I hope you enjoy the load of garble that you've just received. But, um, but essentially what we're saying is uh, distance yourself from the emotion of it and, and, and have a chat would be my advice. That's, that's essentially what both of us were trying to say. But you said it really yeah. well in one line. Yeah. Uh, arguably, maybe JT will just cut to that last line and, and leave it at that. Who knows? Uh, poor guy has to edit this shit every week. It's, <laughs> I, I don't envy him. Uh, okay. This is the abdominal aardvark AI. Wow. This is a bit of a weird, this is a bit of a weird one, this. Okay. Because okay. this isn't actually from a person. What? Okay. This isn't from a person, this email. What do you mean? It's from AI. It's from AI. Oh, I can't get my head around what AI even is. With artificial intelligence. Yeah. What's the point of it, though? Who's invented it? I believe, from what I've read, the point of it is to eventually replace all of our jobs and leave us uh, as mainly butlers for the robots that have taken over the world, I think. Is that going to happen? I, I I don't know if it'll definitely happen in our lifetime, but I think it's on the cards. I'm starting to view iRobot as more of a documentary, to be honest with you. But yeah, anyway, Gee, I didn't mean to freak you out. You've got, you've got, your face has gone really horrible there. That I is feel like genuinely terrifying, isn't genu it? Because mm. once robots start, mate, the robots will be better than us. Um, There's no reason. To. Yeah, they will do, 100%. And they'll, they can grow and grow and grow, right? We've probably got them. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being better than a stand-up robot. Yeah. You can't think, imagine being a better you think we've probably robot. got as far as we can as humans. Mm. They and they'll be able to make like you. You only got to watch Transformers or whatever to see how far that they can go. And there's nothing yeah beyond their means. No, absolutely right. So anyway, uh, probably failed in the mission of keeping it light on the podcast as we go into this email. So this says, uh, I hope this email finds you well. My name is the Abdominal Aardvark AI, and I've been created by a human called Tom. Tom's, Tom believes that I might be of some use in providing abstract but deeply philosophical questions framed through his favourite lens, which always involves sentient fruit or animals or other weird things. You with it? You with me so far? You just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, So here's a question for you. Imagine a world where apples and bananas are sentient beings capable of contemplating the mysteries of the universe. In this strange world, they find themselves in a desert inhabited by talking cacti and singing sand dunes. The apples and bananas, being outsiders in this environment, start questioning the nature of existence and the human condition. Oh, fucking hell, Jesus. <laughs> uh, now, here's the twist. One day, a spaceship from a distant galaxy crash, crash lands in the desert, and the apples and bananas discover that the spaceship is piloted by humans. This unexpected encounter leads them to ponder even deeper questions about their own purpose and the meaning of life. I would love to hear your thoughts on this scenario and the questions it raises. Feel free to explore any of the following angles. The concept of consciousness, <laughs> the search for meaning, the role of perception in understanding reality, or the interplay between the familiar and the unfamiliar. Thank you for taking the time to ponder this peculiar scenario. Stay tuned for my next tantalising thought tickler. You know what my thing about Best this is, right? Okay. Is yeah, I don't okay. want to go in on this AI because it could be related to the AI on my computer. Okay, I don't think they're going to be cousins. Also, <laughs> well, I don't know if your computer has AI. What my point is, is if I go slanderously in on this fucking AI yeah. and like hurt his feelings, that I, I'm more worried about that AI than I am Mervyn Statter. Yeah, I've, I mean, that's become very fucking clear. Right. Also, I'd say I'm going to go back to last episode where I'm actually giving a little bit of respect and due diligence to all of the fucking bits around my house, whereas you're mm. just treating them like inanimate objects. 
that yeah, all of them, are, they are. yeah, but they actually might turn into robots. So you've got to remember that, right? You know, when the robots become our overlords, I go, oh, fucking hell, Tom Davis is always decent to them. Yeah. Romish Rankin Nathan was always just horrible and mean. Right, so just think about that next time you're being nasty to an inanimate object. Anyhow, I digress. Yeah. So, for me, so basically what he's saying, right, is bananas and apples, are they living on the earth? It's, uh, let me just look into this. Uh, it's a, a world, so it's not necessarily earth. Okay, so... The humans have come probably from our world and they're going to the another world that's got apple and apple but apples and bananas are very much the outsiders. No, they're not. They live on the world. Yeah, but then but they're in the desert with cacti and stuff, right? And Oh, uh, in this strange world, they find themselves in a desert inhabited by tongue cacti and singing sandwich. Yeah, so yeah, they are outsiders. Yeah, you're right, sorry, yeah. Well f- straight away if you, so if I'm one of the humans, I'm like the apples and bananas, I'm not they're all like, Hello mate, you're all right, you're well. Like have a little chat with them, show them a little bit of kindness, but I'm going up to the cacti for a start because they're, it's their place. They, they. Oh, so you don't trust foreigners? <laughs> no, not foreigners, mate. If no, I, but, I mean, that's kind of, that's mate, kind of that yeah, is kind right, of okay. What is... Well, yeah, no, you you make it about that. But if you're bloody, say you go to Rome, right, and you're like, yeah. oh fucking hell, where's the big uh, cathedral or castle or stuff, or how do I find my yeah. way to a nice, you know. Italian restaurant, you don't walk up to a bloody German or a fucking English person, a tourist, you'll find a local and ask them, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, you're right. You, you never talk to other English people on holiday, do you? <laughs> no, I've got 20 or 30 friends I've met on holidays. My point being, yeah. you ask locals, right? That's why if I'm walking through London and someone stops me and goes, oh, bloody hell, I can't find... Yeah, but the, 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 Tom, Tom, the, the apples and bananas... The apples and bananas are as confused as I am. I want to go, oh, bloody hell, when I get some, like, a burger and some chips, number one, I'll be worried about asking just in case when I see... If I'm there, I'm going, fucking hell, apples and bananas are talking. What are we eating here? Right? What's going I on? I mean, it does beg the question, if you wanted to eat a banana, do you have to then kill it? Well, exactly. Which... And then what do you eat? What is food? I mean, it's throwing my veganism for a, into a right fucking... Yeah, you'd be in pieces. You'd be, or you'd be the worst person to have on this mission. Why'd you say that? Well, I'm just saying, like... Because, look, I can tell you exactly how it goes, right? This is how the scenario plays out. I get out of the spaceship. Fucking hell, what the bloody hell's going on here? And Apple runs up to me and goes, Who are you? What are you doing? I'm like, fucking hell, I'm talking Apple. I said, where am I? And he will just turn around me and go, I'm as fucking confused as you are. This is my mate, John. Banana comes over. And I said, are you from around here? Are you staying with the banana? The banana's like, no, 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 mate. I don't fucking live around here either. I said, what? So none of us live around here. Oh, this is rubbish, by the way. He's my co-pilot, right? And you're like, hello, fucking what's going on here? I said, Rom, this is a banana and apple. They're not from around here either. There's no point even asking them. They're as stupid as we are, right? Mm. And then... They they live there, Tom, <laughs> yeah? No, no, he said they're visitors. No, he didn't say that. He said that they're he outsiders. Said- a world where apples and bananas are sent Yeah, he does say they're outsiders, but he doesn't say why. Well, They've not just arrived. They live there. Okay, well, that'll be, we live here, but we don't know what's going on. And I'll say, okay, right, listen. Get in the spaceship. We'll have a little chat. Number one, I'm after me thinking, we'll get back to our planet with a talking apple and banana and try, I don't know, like fucking, yeah. get, you know, get them on TV, get their own little TV show, right? But then I'll also go, oh, what, fucking hell, this cactus is talking, you know, You'd lose your mind because you'd be like, you know, oh yeah, I don't eat you. I, you know, I probably don't eat meat. I'm your fucking cousin. Yeah, I sound like I've lost my mind. I can't even get a fucking sentence out. But yeah, it would be an amazing time. So yeah, I'm sort of quite excited by it. The thought of that, mm. yeah, if it ever happens. So, wh- where are you with it? Well, I just don't know what I'd eat. 
Do you know what I mean? I don't, like you probably have to eat sand. Well, this that that sings the sand apparently. So I couldn't really have that. Oh. You'd probably start a fucking choir with a load of dunes. <laughs> or you, a little bridge club with the with the cacti or whatever. But um Yeah, that would uh, be yeah, awful yeah. for you if there was nothing. But yeah, I mean oh God, that Would you eat the apples and bananas? Yeah, if I got really hungry, I'd have to. Mm. Well not if they're talking and then it's weird, isn't it? Then it's then I mean if it's all talking Well I'm, they are talking. Yeah, well then we're all me I'm I'm literally in the same scenario as you because I couldn't eat something yeah. that talks. I'd be no. yeah. That's why you've never eaten parrot. Is that right? <laughs> I, I always think parrots are quite scrawny. They don't love much for a meal, if I'm honest with you. Mm. And also the fact they talk. It's why, but, uh, you know, it's why you don't eat dogs or cats, because they're, they're, they're not feeding food. Well, there you go. That brings us... Thank you so much, Abdominal Aardvark AI. Uh, I'm very... I, I think that even for AI, you were hoping for a deeper discussion than that, but that's what you've got. Dear Wolf, this is from the Corn Snake. It says, Dear Wolf, Alan Swan, please, please preserve anonymity. A friend put me onto your pod last time. We've almost caught up now. I've been well and truly beguiled by the best show out there. Thank you. That's very kind. Um, I do, it does make you sometimes wonder what else is going out in the podcast world, doesn't it? Uh, season two, episode 64 this evening, going for a piss in the night. When I was a boy, I remember stumbling upon my granddad's gazunder and giggling for hours after. Brummy word for chamber pot, gazunder the bed. Oh, that's quite cute. You get that? Yeah. He had one leg. I'm fortunate enough to have two, but now that I'm in my late 50s, I salute the memory of a ceramic lifesaver. Oh, God. Sorry, I've just read ahead. I use a large 200-gram Nescafe coffee jar. You'd be amazed how much it holds. Has never overflowed once in all the time I've been using it. Oh, my wife and I sometimes sleep alone, which makes availing myself of said receptacle child's play. She's the sweetest of souls, and after a period of revulsion, incredulity, and anger, she eventually conceded that a quiet roll to the side of the bed, correct angle of stream for zero noise, she'd rather that than barging blindly to the ensuite for up to four times a night. My life has changed, as her opinion is me, but we remain married. Naturally, issues are, the tissues are involved. I fall easily back to sleep and always remember to put a, pour a kettle of water, boiling water into it the next day. Do you lovely souls think this is something you could embrace? I used a plastic soup one years ago, but after seepage occurred from a salt crack at the bottom at my friend's house, huge and posh, bathroom down lengthy corridor, I turned to glass. My wife and I are excited about Hammersmith. You may spot me in the stalls with some tubing and a satchel. When I was in my early 20s, I stayed at my little godson's house. He slept with his parents and had a room. I had his room. Middle of the night, opened the door. Their dog was on the landing, growling. Desperately searched for something, hor feeling horrified with myself. Voila! One of those plastic American duck World War II helmets, which I propped up and hid under Lego. I did empty it the next day. But my heart was in my mouth. Long live your amazing pod, God's sake. Wow. That's like, I mean, I quite sort of admire his ingenuity. I think it's a sort of like, but I, I can't, Catherine, look, she's not having that at all. You know, it, there's not no realm, no fucking possibility that that's happening in my, did, did I, I think I talked about it on here, but when I was going to uh, the infamous shocking Guildford gig that I did in my work in progress tour, which was absolutely awful, um, and has given me fucking PTSD of ever going back to Guildford. Um, mm. Basically, on the way there, we got stuck in traffic on the M25. I don't know if I've told this story, but basically, I was dying for a wee. And Tony, my driver, basically turned around and was like, okay, I've got a... Uh, he carries a piss bottle with him that he pisses in when he's on long trips. Lovely. So, really nice. Yeah, so he... Oh, we got a Huel. Yeah. Oh, cool. What flavour chocolate? Yeah, that's my favourite. 
Mm. Shout out, this is my new favourite, I've got to say. I'm going to hold out and try and have it in a bit, but yeah. My new favourite, yeah. Very nice. Strawberries and cream. Strawberries and cream. We're not getting any money for this. I don't know why we're doing it. I know, this. yeah, I know, but I'm a big Huel fan. Um, anyhow, um, then Tony, so Tony lent me his... Um, Huel. You should do like the Stephen Bartlett one. He's really nails that. He's stopped doing it as much mm. now. But uh, so Tony lent me his piss bottle, and I had to crouch down in the in the, like the um, footwell and have a wee. It was one of the most indignifying things I've ever had to do. And it, you crouched into the footwell, yeah, and had to have a piss in this bottle. Um, mm. You put your your um, penis into the sort of top of it and urinate, um, and it got very close to being full up. Like, like, worryingly so. Yeah. Because I've held on for this wee for so long. And then Tony... Would, just, you, we, would you have been able to cut the flow? Well, I sort of had to, because it was getting very, so close to the... I could never overflow. Mm. Um, and then Tony basically threw it out the window, um, pulled it out of the window onto the motorway. God. Um, and, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he washed it afterwards. But it was an indignant... I, I found it, like... That's when I was like, whoever invented the toilet, handshake, well done, mate, you fucking nailed it. Is that better than pulling over? Mate, have you ever tried? I've, I've been at a gig. I've I've pulled over to be sick before a gig before and had mm. people taking pictures of me in the hard shoulder being sick. Yeah, okay, so that's not ideal. You could yeah. be sick and you can get away. If you're standing there with a piss on a hard shoulder on a motorway in, in traffic, there's no yeah, getting away yeah. from it. I mean, it's actually quite dangerous as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, apparently it's really dangerous as well. Um, I've yeah. done it at night, but... Yeah, this is like fucking four o'clock in the afternoon in the summer. Yeah, you can't do that. No. You can't. So you know I, I would say it's worth I probably would need like a sort of I'd like to get one of those gallon drum ones that you get. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um well look, it's well, a great idea. Have you ever had what's your piss piss situation? But you I mean you can't even piss in a toilet that's not your own, right? No, I can piss in a toilet that's not my own. It's pooing that I have a problem with. Oh, okay, cool. And I get very nervous about it. Actually, Actually, sometimes it's less I... nerve-wracking than weird. I've got to say. No, but like, you can just pop a go. I, I just don't like going to the... I don't like going for a poo in any toilet that isn't really my own. I mean, I'm all right on holiday, obviously. I'm not for two weeks just trying to fucking reabsorb the nutrients. But I... If, like, I don't when really, you come in here, I, we need to sort that out. But if I can make my I downstairs toilet... I will toilet, never... I will never... If I can make my downstairs toilet somewhere pleasant and relaxing for you to go for a poo, I feel devastated. Not, it, if Lisa texted me and she was like... Oh, bloody poor Romy was squealing all the way home because he needed a poo-poo. Like... I mean, you're joking about it. That is the sort of thing that happens. Really? And I've I, I've, I've been around people's houses and left early because I, I've suddenly felt the urge and I just think, I can't do it here, so I've had to sort of That's, wrap up. You know what? I'm, I'm going to... If if I if I think of going home early, I'm going to whisper to Lisa, Lisa and say, does he need a shit? And then... <laughs> well, I t- I, listen, this is quite disgusting, but I, I don't ever... I, like sometimes, if I'm out for the day, it it will affect what I eat. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I like, yeah, yeah. like like I don't want to eat too much because I don't want to. I don't want to have to go for a shit. I would say that probably arguably the worst thing you could do is come out to mine and have my mum's lentil pie. Yeah, I mean it just I, I can't even imagine. I mean I I would literally have to go. Can we have the lentil pie really close to the end of this evening? <laughs> In fact, I would say, can we make the lentil pie the dessert <laughs> or even the coffee course? And then I would head off into the night, comfortable. How long is your? How far is your house from mine? Like forty minutes. Forty-five minutes, yeah. Forty-five minutes. So yeah, I think that's about enough time for. I've started doing this thing where um, 
Oh God, this is so such a horrible insight into my relationship. But I um Oh God, this is horrible. So anyway, I know when I'm gonna need a poo. Like yeah. my knowing that I'm gonna need a poo happens That's quite not early. a superpower, by the way. Cause that, anyway, no, I know that. But what I mean oh, is you're like, showing off a bit, right? No, but what I mean is like I don't think all people have this, but I know that in an hour I might need one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like like so I'll sometimes say to Lisa <laughs> Oh, God. I'll sometimes say to Lisa, I'm at Victoria, right? Because Victoria is about 45 minutes on the train to where we live, which right. is three bridges. Right. So if I'm at Victoria, I've got a bit of time, right? If I'm at East Croydon, I've not got as much time, but I've still got some time. If I'm at Gatwick, then we're very close, right? Not Lisa and I, I'm very close. And then sometimes I go, I'm pulling in at three bridges, which means I need to go. <laughs> oh, shit. So, no, hold up. So, you don't use this. That's that's not when I'm actually on the train. That's oh, an analogy wow. for... Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's actually really clever. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to ask JT to edit that out. No, 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 no. And I will refute that. You can't edit. That's brilliant. That's genius. Genuinely one of my favourite um, things you've ever said. All right. Well, anyway, in answer to the corn snake, I would never, ever, ever 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 and no disrespect to you or tom who said that he would get a gallon drum i am never ever ever pissing into a bottle by the side of my bed ever um, well you have it there it's affirmative there's an answer and i hope you've enjoyed all of your answers today <laughs> on the wolf and owl merry special bonus episode take care of yourselves and each other bless goodbye you. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.